This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. When the life of a man is recalibrated and he walks in dominion, three clear things will change. Three things. More things can change, but I know three things must to change. It must to be changing. It must to be changer. If there is an English like that. Three things must happen. And I'm here today authoritatively to present that to you. By the way, you can watch Inspire Tonight on Lagos Television. I think it's channel 256 on Dove TV. You can watch it tonight. So it gives you an idea of what we do on Inspire. We document testimonies. There are some testimonies that if not because it was shown on Inspire, some people will say it's a lie. It cannot happen. How do you confirm the testimony of a lady who has been trusting God for a very long time and got pregnant and was going for normal antenata and she went in to have a baby and she had the baby and they did the naming ceremony seven days after. And one week after the naming ceremony, she was in pain. And she got back to the hospital and they discovered that there was still one more baby inside. I mean, how do you explain that medically? Because medically, once a womb begins to contract, it expunges everything inside. So now she had two kids that are 14 days apart. How do you explain that? How do you explain the man and his wife who did IVF seven times and he failed? Completely. 17, 18 years into the marriage. And she went to camp, went to the altar and told God, show me mercy. And immediately she finished praying. God said, go to beside the altar and pick as many stones as the number of children you want. I saw the stones. Just as a symbol, she picked three stones. Two big one and one small one. The kids, the three kids came in, two big one and one small one. These are true life stories. You can watch our past episodes on demand anytime at your comfort at inspire.tv. By the way, inspire is spelled I-N-S-P-A-Y. It is the Nigerian version of the English inspire. I-N-S-P-A-Y-A. So at your convenience, you'll find all these stories there. And another funny thing is that this was during the World Cup, the FIFA World Cup, I think under 20. She said she saw them selling this beagle, this flute. And she said she bought three. She kept on buying things in three. As far back as ten years before she had the baby. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. I tell you faith works. Faith works. If you have it, you have it. If you don't have it, you don't have it. And if you don't have it, go get yours. No, 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 no. no. I can only teach you. You can't take mine. And I'm committed under God. As far as God keep providing the finances, I'm going to keep documenting the stories. How do you explain the story of a young man who was growing and everything was doing all right and he found himself in drugs and drugs finished him to the level that he got married and the wife got pregnant, took the wife to the hospital and they said, go and bring money because we need to do a CS and he left the hospital and he got enough money, more than enough for the surgery and on his way back to, as the Lord liveth, you will not fail. Even if you don't know how to say amen. And on his way back to the hospital, the wife was already in labor. The, the demons that troubled his father's house 
Just made him feel like just taking a quick fix of cocaine. And he was there at the joint for 24 hours. By the time he got to the hospital, the wife was dead. True life story. And it took him years for God to recalibrate his life. Brethren, what I'm saying is this. You cannot continue to live a life thinking that God will continue to beat your errors. You have to become intentional to take decisions that will alter your destiny. Am I saying anything? You are a product of what you do habitually. You become what you do regularly. If I spend one week around you, following you to work, sleeping in your house, staying with you, I can predict your future. Rich people don't get rich overnight. Great men of God don't become great overnight. People who say things that you have found that are very spiritual, they do not become it overnight. They spend hours intentional, walking a recalibrated life in dominion for results to happen. There's a story in the, Luke, in the book of Luke chapter 15. It's a story you know, it's called the story of the prodigal son. That story too is another powerful story because that story, I can teach economics out of it. I can teach finances out of it. I can teach deliverance. Very powerful story. I won't bug you with the old details, but I will just tell you, I will lay the foundation to where I'm going and give you the three points and I'm out of here. Now, this man has two sons. There is, look, in life there is an order. Those of you who are saying marriage is outdated, you can chop life. You can do whatever you like. And at 33, at 36, you can switch it on and marry whoever you would. When you get there, you discover it doesn't work that way. There's a way you are programmed. The thing that wants you to want to leave your house and pack into the house of your boyfriend, it is that thing that was already designed into you to look for a lasting companionship in the place of marriage. So you find people who are already living in for seven, eight years and are not married. And they say, I don't know when I will marry. You are already married. It's just that you don't have the certificate. Do you know why we long for that? That's the way we are designed. It's a software. It's inside you. It's inside you. Just like you can't do the things you do in your 20s when you are in your 50s. It is the way you are calibrated. It is a smart man. It is a smart woman that will realign his or her life to understand the season he or she is in. Stop being gullible. Am I saying anything? The way the home is created is that children stay under the authority of their parents. And that's why we should not be stupid parents. We abdicate responsibility. When the wala starts, he's going to fall back on you. One day I was traveling and I saw this boy who was terrorizing his mom. Real terrorist in the airplane. So finally the dad showed up so I was happy. Okay, at least the father is here. And pass, this boy slapped his dad. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, he forget about me. Even my wife then calls you. My wife gone when my kids were young. He's breastfeeding, and the baby beat her. He said, hey, bring out in a you. You beat me, Abby. You think you are not old enough to understand? Poke, poke the baby's throat. That's the last time it happened. 
I said, why did he say he understands? He said, we never try it again. We abdicate responsibility as a wife. We abdicate responsibility as a husband. All because you think money can fix it. Money can fix everything. Money can only fix what can be measured in quantities. How do you measure happiness in quantity? How do you measure love in quantities? This boy looked at his dad, looked at his elder brother, and said, I don't want to have anything to you. I want to go far away. It is when your compass is not working that you will leave a place where you are getting blessed and you go far. In fact, that's the way KJV put it. This boy went very far. And you know what we are taught in Sunday school class? Is that this boy ate food meant for swine, meant for pigs. No, that's not scripture. No. The Bible says he was so bad that he desired he could eat food meant for he desired he couldn't even get that to eat. Then one day his life got recalibrated. And he said, wait a minute, why am I suffering here? Some of you, your husband has been waiting for you for three years. But because it doesn't come in the packaging you wanted, the guy is waiting, he's still waiting. All the three useless guys you have been trying, all because they drive BMW and Mercedes-Benz, what have you gotten from it? If it was money, nobody would have married me. No, no. You like the way it is now, all put together. It wasn't like that. Oh, it wasn't like that. I started with the Volkswagen B2. As at that time, it was 20 years old. Such that for seven years after God delivered me from that car, I had the ministry against it. I was preaching. I will call, I'm not joking, sir. I will call people out to deliver them from B2. That's how bad it was. But blessed is she that followed us when we were riding a B2. Because now she can point, you know, the day it dawned on me was almost like. I think that will be like 10 or 11 years after I got married. And I took my wife into Stanley McCall Toyota in Houston. And we were on the golf cart going around the park for him to choose the color of the one she wanted. And my mind flashed back. My mind flashed back. God does not owe anybody. He will repay your faithfulness. He will repay your commitment. He's going to answer your prayers. It's going to happen. Tell your neighbor, it will happen. But meanwhile, I had a sister who snubbed me. I wasn't even interested in her. I wanted to help her ministry. Why are you laughing? Pastor, they make fun of people here. She was the youth leader. All the other brothers she had eyes on that were working with finance bank. None of them was willing to help her to go visit. So she mentioned it and I said, well, I can help. With my B2, I got to her house. She said, where is the car? Hey, this one. As the Lord liveth, this. So she relunged until entered. I did my service and left. She barely said thank you. But three years, two years after I left school, my wife went to Savizia and she broke her leg. So she was coming back to Lagos and, need some, and needed somebody to pick her up. Her leg was in a cast. And you know how terrible B2 can be for that. 
But yet, the junior sister came to me, come and carry. So I got there, I carried. Between when I picked her up and when I dropped her, she thanked me like 15 times. I think that was the first day I began to see, ah, if thank you can be this much for carrying a woman in a bitu. I wonder what kind of thank you she would say if you carry her in a rafal, or better still, if you carry her in a sequoia. You know, if I, I discover that when you follow order, sooner than later things will work for you. But this guy went far away from his dad and he missed it. But one day, the Bible says he came to his senses and he went looking for his dad. I'm still going somewhere, don't worry. But am I making sense so far? So he followed, he go look for his dad. And finally, the Bible says at a distance. Sometimes we also misquote that scripture. In Luke 15, it was his father that ran to him. He was not the one that ran to his father. You know what that tells me? You might have strayed for a long time. You might have been gone. You might have ignored the grace that God has released upon your life in throne room for years. But your father has been waiting for you. Your dad always waits for you. And that's why it doesn't matter how far bad you are gone. I don't condemn anybody. I've seen the worst of the worst become pastors. I've seen lousy people become used of God. Now this is where I'm going. Go to verse 22 of Luke chapter 15. Verse 22. The Bible says, But the father said to his servant, Bring forth the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. When a man's destiny is recalibrated, three things happen. God gives him a new dress. He gives him a ring and he puts shoes on his feet. Did you see pastor's shoes? If I were you, I will go and be greeting pastor until he sews that shoe into my life. Make sure it's your size though. Three things happen. <laughs> Amen. Three things happen. Three things. When a man's life becomes recalibrated. Number one, God changes your dress. What does your dress signify? Your dress signifies your character. Anybody who claims to be in Christ and his character is still the same. There is a trouble that's the first thing that changes. I want us to stop this African mentality where you think that you have to always do something to please God. The only thing you need to do is obedience. I've seen people, when you pray for them, when you conduct deliverance, when you give them the word, they will still ask you, is that all? Because we have been taught as Africans that until you are prescribed something, like he shared earlier, all the church did was prayed. Nobody prescribed anything. Anything. Your dress must change, brethren. And you know what I also observe? People see you before they hear you. That's why the Bible says there is a dress called the dress of an alot. So that means there is an expected way that alots dress. That's the scripture. I think that's in that's in Proverbs chapter 7 verse 10. In Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 32, the Bible talks about the dress of a bride. So your dress, your character 
tells me who you are. You can have any title, reverend doctor, pastor, missus, I don't care. It is your character that will tell me whether you are living according to the title you carry. If somebody is a medical doctor and a child is struggling or has temperature, you expect that it doesn't matter what your specialty is as a medical doctor. At least you should be able to give us a starting point by virtue of your training. Your dress indicates who you are. Your dress also shows where you are coming from and where you are going to. This is an hotel. Is that correct? It, but it is strange for anybody who wants to come to church to leave his room and come here in his bathrobe. It is inappropriate. But some of us, re, in real life, that is the way you are. The character you are carrying is like you are coming out of your room with your bathrobe and you are not dressed for the occasion. You know, one of the things I observed when I was younger, when I started traveling, in the name of traveling light, I would just wear a t-shirt. I would just look for something. I now discover that when I get to the counter, anywhere I go, people will start disrespecting me. If I ask for something, they won't listen. I will have to repeat. So one day, I, you know, I will get angry, make noise. Then one day, the Holy Spirit just told me quietly, the way you are dressed is the way they will address you. So the next trip, I just added a jacket, just a blazer. Then I, I started hearing people say, sir, sir, it's your turn, sir. They started sarring me. All because I changed my dress. And for singles, part of the reason people are getting a wrong impression about you is the way you carry yourself. Particularly women, you need to carry yourself with dignity. Nobody wants to marry pain. So when you look and package yourself like somebody who is already pain personified, the brothers will run away. I know it doesn't sound feminist. I, I got to dress the way I'm comfortable with. I got to dress the way I feel like. That's not the way we are created. Nobody's a vacuum. If you look around you, every breakthrough you've had in life, somebody helped you. Look at the scripture. When God wants to help a man, he sends a man into their life. When God wants to help someone, he will find someone. Even a whole man of God needed a widow at Zarephath that had no business. The point I'm trying to make is your character matters. Your dressing matters. The way you carry yourself matters. Your character, your dress can be an asset or can be a liability. Numbers chapter 31 verse 20. He said, purify your raiment and all that is made of skin. Another thing you need to know is this. When your season changes, the old raiment has to go. How many of you remember blind Bartimaeus? When finally he shouted and shouted and Jesus called for him, the Bible says the first thing he did was he removed his raiment. Do you know what the raiment signifies? The raiment that he was carrying was the one that blind people uses. That guy knew that this breakthrough that is coming, this breakthrough he is about to get, he is not going to need that raiment again. Let me give you another example. Scripture. Joseph. 
when Pharaoh called for him in a hurry to come and interpret the dream. You remember that story? The Bible says, they said, King wants you. Oh yeah, Mabo, Mabo, come, 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 come. The guy said, you guys need to chill. Chere, I'm coming. He went back in. He shaved his beard. Do you know why? Pharaohs don't like birds. Then, it is when you are in prison that you cannot shave because where are you going? Who appreciates whether you shave or not? So this guy took time and got a clean shave. Then the next thing is deed. He changed his dress. You cannot walk out of this meeting until you change your dress. Your dress is stale already. No, you need to tell God to help you to do something about it. Whatever you do, get the best dress. Because the Bible says the father said, bring me the best robe so I can give to him. Do you understand that? Number two. The next thing the father did was to give him a ring. He gave him a ring. The ring signifies authority. The ring signifies power. Look, forget about the showmanship. Forget about anything that you like about Christianity and the community spirit. The fundamental of Christianity is power. Christianity is about power. Power to heal, power to save, power to deliver. Power to be a positive influence. There are some of you looking at me just here. Some of these children, of these people who are older than you, they are waiting for you to manifest power. These kids are not listening to their parents, but they will listen to you if you would manifest and carry your ring. I want you to show your ring finger to your neighbor and ask them a simple question. I hope you have not lost your ring. No, she's not going to beat you. He's not going to beat you. I sent you. So show it and ask. I hope you have not lost your ring. I would have shared a story with you, but you will make fun of me. I don't like people making fun of me, so don't let me share it. Somebody taught you that secret. <laughs> you know, that we, we had this couple who were mentoring. They were trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Later, the wife got pregnant and got pregnant of twins. She delivered safely. So my wife and I, this was earlier in the marriage, my wife and I ran to the place on the naming. I was ministering in the morning, so we got there in the evening. So my wife carried one of the babies. You know, we're excited. We're in the living room. And these boys just came in with guns. True life story. And they followed the father of the baby into the living room. So I'm just like, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? Number one, I knew that I needed to distract them so that they won't injure anybody. So I saw that the father was reluctant to go and bring the money. They kept on asking, the money you made, go and bring it. So I just spoke up and I told the dad, look, our life is worth more than money. Go and give them the money. You know, I spoke. So somebody said, ah, you have an angel here that is speaking for you. So I distracted them a little bit and the guy went to bring the money. Then they came at me. You, you are wearing gold ring. They collected my ring. So for the next two weeks, that's how Madame was on my case. My husband, where's your ring? You promise not to laugh. Then where's your ring? When are you going to get another one? Then one day I told her, I said, if it was ring, if it was the physical ring, 
that was preserving a man from messing around, there would have been peace in the world. I know someone who told me that anytime he wants to mess around, he will take the ring and put it in his car as a respect to his wife. Stupid guy. Stupid guy. The point I'm trying to make is we're not talking about a physical ring here. Your commitment to your spouse is not physical. Your commitment to God is not physical. People may not see it, people may not feel it, but with time, they will see the effect of it. And anytime you discover that the authority of God in your life is waning, you declare a retreat. Like pastor said, you wait on God and say, Father, give me fresh power. If you are walking in recalibrated dominion, you must walk in power. Look at that. Power, raw power, no story. Leukemia, to-to-to, ta-ta-ta, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Raw power, uncommon power uncommon power and i think that's part of the reason why christians are no longer being respected somebody one oap in a radio station can be abusing men of god and be talking rubbish if you were the days of elijah and elisha like what's this we just read this morning acts after 12 power he gave him a new authority because he knew that the boy is useless without a ring he knew the boy was useless and hopeless without a ring. Another thing about rings is don't abuse your ring. Married, don't abuse your ring. Minister, don't abuse your ring. Born again, spirit-filled, don't abuse your ring. One of my daughters ran to me one day. He said, I don't know what to do. I said, well, he said, the youth leader said he's going to cost me. I said, what did you do? He said, he's been chasing me for six months. And I said, no. And I, so I told her, I said, you keep saying no. Everywhere is quiet now. I hope those kind of youth ministers are not here. But my point is, why do we terrorize people with the anointing? The Bible says everything that we have is a gift. There is nothing. Your friend, your wife, my sweetie, my bae, my boo, they are all gifts. And they can disappear if you are not careful. They can. There was this story I learned when I was in school of a young girl who just woke up one day and said, I'm not messing around again. I want to serve God. So she woke up on Sunday morning and found the nearest church. And it was this white garment church. So she just showed up there. Pretty babe. Light skin, sitting at the back. And you know, this, 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 this senior prophet, just like, this one is new. We have to catch this one. So later they said the spirit began to climb them. I mean, go on. So the man just left. I went beside the lady. I said, mm, 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 mm. And fell. Mm. The spirit is asking me to marry you. Now, the girl is confused. I'm, walk, I'm just leaving a place of sin. I want help. Now you are... So she didn't know what to do. Then later, she just added two and four. And she to just said, oh, oh, mm, oh. Then the man was happy. Ah, finally, the spirit is speaking to her too. And the lady looks straight at her and says, Ah, a minikim affair. My spirit says, No, I should not marry you. You see, once they share the grace like this, she ran away. I just use that to explain some of the abuse that we can do with our ring. We, we need, see, the authority that God gives believers is too sacred. To mess around with. And lastly, 
the father asked him to give him new shoes. You cannot get shoes without a new dress. You cannot get shoes without authority. What does the shoe signify? Your purpose. Your direction. That's what the shoe. Your shoe affects your speed. Your shoe should match your dress and your jewelry. Exodus chapter 3 verse 1. To everything there is a season. Philippians chapter 4 verse 5. Let your moderation be made known unto what? All men. If your shoe is worn out, go get a new one. Find a new direction for your purpose. Your shoe size is not chosen by you. It is assigned to you from birth. How many of you remember when you were coming that you sat with God to choose your shoe size? Is there anybody here? You did a meeting where you chose your height? I know if some of you had a choice, you would not choose the parents you came with. Am I making sense? But here you are. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for your destiny. I remember sometimes in the 2000s, I was in Dubai, and this delegation from the GO came to Dubai to organize a meeting. Baba Kindele, Baba Wigwe, I think Pastor Yitso too was on, I remember that. And we all went to visit, the, you know, the way it works in Dubai is all these churches, well, maybe they've changed it now, will be under these three major, and you have to register under them. And we went to the major representative of the Anglican Communion there. And when Baba Kindele was praying, Baba just said, well, God will reward you in here and in the afterlife. And do you know what the man said after I finished praying? He said, nobody is even sure whether we'll make the afterlife. That's a senior pastor of a church who doesn't even know where he's going. So you can imagine what is happening to his congregation members. I will never forget that. So people can look like it. People can talk like it. And they may not be it. So be careful. When you just run out of church and you jump around prayer meetings and with all that you get here is not okay for you. Be careful what you are putting your head into. Stop going to a far place. Come back. Get a new robe. Get your rings and get your shoes. If you see anybody who is wearing a dress shoe, you ask him and it's a Saturday and there is no function. What are you going to ask him? Where are you going? And that's the question I want to ask you this morning. It's a solemn question. Where are you going? Let me finish with this story. For three years, I would travel to Ghana to preach for one of my beloved mentors. They have their convention, the whole West Coast Convention. And they would, in the evenings, they would have a crusade. So I would preach in the crusade. Then sometimes last year, I invited me it was a four-day meeting but i was traveling this airline called awa and once there is cloud once it's stormy awa doesn't fly because they are small flight so i was at the airport for 11 hours so i missed the first day of the crusade so after in the evening my mentor called me and said Evangelist, you have turned me to an evangelist because I preached for you tonight. I said, Daddy, don't worry, I'll be back tomorrow. I share this with all humility and I share this to remind us that it doesn't matter whether you are big or small. It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter what your height is. You do what you have to do. You take decisions you have to take. And you cannot go on this way. You cannot. I'm going to push it in your face 
and dare you to dare God and say, God, look, I need a turnaround. I can't continue this way. Give me strength for a turnaround. Some of you might think you have the next one or two years. You may not have it. Rich people die. Old people die. Pastors die. Senior people die. Young people die. Babies die. You might not have the opportunity to be here till rapture. You might not. So we finished the meeting on Sunday. We went to his house. As at that time, I knew the wife was not very well. So I went and hugged the wife and I said, Mommy, stop scaring me. She said, don't worry, I'll be fine. We were not even worried about dad. We were not bothered about my mentor at all. And so he said, I will be in Lagos in two weeks' time. I will see you or you come and see me. I said, no problem. And do you know that on the day he said, I carried my phone. I tried calling him. I couldn't get him. So I called the wife in Ghana and we were exchanging text. And said, ah, your dad, your dad is in Nigeria. I hope you will see him today. I said, I'm trying to get him to know the time to come see him. Little did I know that as at that time, my dad was dead. I know you know him. I'm talking about Pastor Banure. I, I couldn't figure it out. But I told God that the legacy that he has left and mentored people like me in this work I will use it to challenge people. That is not how long but how deep. It's not about where you are now. It's about your decision to get your dress and get your ring and get your shoes. Peradventure, there is one person who is saying, Sir, I feel you. Something in my spirit tells me that this is the time to make the change. And I would want you to pray with me. And say this after me. Say, my father, I am sorry. I've gone very far away from you. But I'm back now. Forgive me. Give me a new beginning. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I promise I will serve you for the rest of my life. Give me a new robe, a new ring, a new set of shoes. It is done in Jesus' name. Father, we want to thank you for this one. As they have asked you, we ask that you would cleanse them and you would give them a new beginning. It is done in Jesus' name. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Thank you.